Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Well, we could talk after, you know, you pay me as a shortstop. Or handle me as a shortstop, then maybe we could talk after right. if, if that's the fact of, you know, second base being an option. But for the most part, you know, I'm a shortstop. We've been going to the front office from spring training, very open that I want to be here. And we've continued those talks until now, and there's been no, you know what I mean? There's been no, nothing from their side, no offers, no talks really at all. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score, another hour here. To talk to you about the Cubs and the White Sox, David Haw, Bruce Levine off today. Obviously, that was Tim Anderson. Obviously, that was Marcus Stroman. Obviously, I say because those were the two biggest stories in Chicago baseball this week. I think we look at what happened on the field, and certainly the Cubs are surging, and the White Sox are headed in the wrong direction And yet again. They're 11 games under. The Cubs are in the midst of a four-game winning streak. They can extend it to five today at Wrigley Field. Pre-game right here on the score, 12:45 against the Orioles. Justin Steele back on the mound. But big picture-wise, off-the-field discussion, it has dom- been dominated by Tim Anderson going on the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, former professional football players, and addressing things that I think he felt like needed to be addressed. He definitely covered everything. And he covered things in a way that I have never heard a Chicago athlete cover as candidly as Tim Anderson did in my 20 years in this market, covering sports in this town. Tim Anderson was honest, open, and as transparent as could be. I don't know that he needed to. I felt like sometimes it's none of our business. He talked about having... A child out of wedlock. He talked about being unfaithful to his wife. He talked about how the demands of the job, sometimes it sounds like you know, maybe that, that pressure creates some unrealistic expectations. He talked about living his private life publicly. And a lot of that stuff played out in social media, but I think it went deeper than social media. He wanted to be heard in a way that felt like it was catharsis. It was a cathartic exercise. It was part of his therapy almost. He talked about therapy. He talked about things that made people uncomfortable. Maybe you cringed listening. Maybe you think that there's no place to have, there's no place to talk on, on a sports talk radio station about these kinds of issues. But it's 2023. And professional athletes, this is part of the conversation. 
we can't talk about the need for everyone's mental health to be improved and how great it is to see people address these things as organizations and teams. And then when Tim Anderson takes the step that he took and and says what he said, say, well, <laughs> that's a bit too far, but <laughs> really didn't mean that, Tim. No, I think you've got to embrace it. You can think what you want about it, but I don't criticize him at all. Actually, I, comm- I commend Tim Anderson for stepping forward. That's not making a judgment on his behavior. That's not condoning anything that he has done. But I love the way that he said what he said. And it doesn't even bother me, and I thought that it would, that he chose his audience, his intended interviewer, if you will, handpicked. Ryan Clark did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. As a journalist, as an interviewer, as, as somebody who does this for a living, I was impressed by Ryan Clark's ability to pivot, if you will, from his, from his playing career into the role he now plays on ESPN in, in, in this podcast. He is a tremendous interviewer. He relates, and he put Tim Anderson at ease. So it's worth your time. I just wonder what people think in terms of was it a bridge too far for many Sox fans? Did they hear uh, things that, that they want to ignore and they want to focus on the fact that, as the clip we alluded to in, coming in, that just stick to the baseball stuff and he wants to get paid like a shortstop? Well, okay, let's go to the baseball stuff. He's not going to get paid like a shortstop. That's the easiest conclusion to reach after hearing Tim Anderson talk for 50 minutes on that podcast. He's not getting paid like a shortstop. You know why? He's hitting like a second baseman. He's hitting like a bad second baseman. He can't hit anymore. I, I think he will again. I don't know what to what extent his knee injury has limited him, but I do believe that Tim Anderson has some good baseball in front of him. The Sox have a $14 million team option. They'd be foolish not to pick it up. That's relatively cheap given his potential, given the marketplace. But here's the thing. As Ozzie Guillen told the Mullane Hall Show on Wednesday morning, love our time with Ozzie, he's terrific, that Tim Anderson might benefit from a change of scenery. I don't think that's exactly going out on a limb. Everybody may need a little change of scenery here. The Sox may be on the verge of unloading. I know there were rumors, uh, MLB trade rumors there was a report later in the week that the Sox are only going to be parting ways or talking about trading rentals Tim Anderson's not necessarily a rental but the Sox have got to rethink everything they are on the verge of an organizational overhaul and I will maintain saying now what I have said all along even when they were winning six out of seven and 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 flirting with the idea of contending in in a division that is mediocre at best Don't lower your standards. Winning a bad division and making that the new goal is moving the goalpost. Don't lower your standards. An organization that talks about multiple championships and calling you after the parade, just settle for winning the AL Central. you got to think bigger than that. Your ambitions have to be broader than that. And if all you care about is being better than the Guardians, then you're not thinking big enough. So... I think they're closer to starting over than they are to celebrating a a division title. And as long as that's the case, things like trading Tim Anderson have to be on the table. And trading Tim Anderson has to be 
uh, I don't know if it's the highest priority, but you might be selling low, but it might be the best for everybody. And I think you heard that in maybe Tim's voice. The Sox, obviously, uh, are an organization that I, I, I would love to hear what they really think about what Tim Anderson said. I would love to hear, love to hear what Kenny Williams really thinks about this. I respect Kenny Williams. I respect everything he represents. I respect the journey he's traveled. Uh, I, I just think we need to hear from him more, not less. I want to know what he thinks about Tim Anderson. I really do. I think Chicago needs to hear what he thinks about Tim Anderson. The issues that he addressed, uh, the contention that Tim Anderson, that baseball is not a black man's game. He's got the numbers to support that. He's got the experience to support that. He's not somebody who you dismiss when he says that. But I want to know what his boss thinks because Kenny Williams has, has made that journey. He's, he's walked in those shoes. And he's more qualified to talk about that and to evaluate that than anybody, I think, in town that has a proximity to Tim Anderson. And there's been no response. There's been no response. And that's troubling, but it's consistent. Because I don't know if the White Sox know how to respond to this, whether it's a crisis or, or a, a, a situation that I think would benefit from their experience. The White Sox do not do PR. They, they do not do public relations well. They just don't handle crises well. And they're in the midst of one right now. They go back to Seattle, back on the Mount Giolito, Lucas Giolito this afternoon against Logan Gilbert, 310 for the White Sox. Okay, on to Stroman. But first, let's sneak in a phone call. I asked a question about what the Cubs have in Christopher Morrell. Do they have a star in the making? Who does he remind you of? Cubs fans, is there anybody that jumps out? So let's go to the score listener line. Powered by BetQL, bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Joe is in St. Charles. Good morning, Joe. Welcome inside the clubhouse. How you doing? Hey, doing well. when I see that guy come up to bat, one name jumps out at me big time, and it's Eric Davis, who used to play for Cincinnati. Yes. That's a good one, Joe. What, what, the power, the speed, the combination of everything, is, is that it? It's that. It's his stance. It's the way he holds his bat kind of forward. You know, he, he's built the same. And, boy, I hope he turns out to be as good a player as that guy was. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Joe, for the phone call. If Christopher Morrell becomes anything close to Eric Davis, the Cubs – are going to be much more fun to watch than we already think they are. You talk about PCA on the way. By the way, that was an interesting answer by Patrick Mooney and a good reminder that PCA may be on the way, but it might take some time. It might be a more circuitous journey to the majors and not on the express lane because I do think that you need to have patience when it comes to prospects. And the, that's the key word. Prospects. You never quite know. And Matt Mervis should be the latest example. But Christopher Morrell as Eric Davis, oh, I love that. That would be tremendous. Well, who, who would love to see? Eric Davis was really a star for a while in Cincinnati. And that was, that was a guy who had everything, the explosiveness, the speed, maybe not the obvious joy with which he played the game that Christopher Morrell has. But, yeah, that's a good comp. Interesting. Let's go back to the phone lines. Larry is in Naperville. Larry, welcome inside the clubhouse. How are you this morning? 
Hey, hey, how are you, David? Uh, always great to listen to you. Listen, I- I'm as sympathetic a guy as there can be. I have had my own issues in life. Uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and a drug addict. I hear people talk about uh, issues all day long and how it affected the workplace and what they felt about jobs and how their life they had affairs. And, 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 I, and I'm sympathetic. I, I deal with people all day long and I am sympathetic. Unfortunately, this is a business. Um, Tim Anderson is delusional that he wants to be paid by it like a shortstop. First of all, he's a horrible shortstop defensively. Let's start with that. Never has been good. Um, he's a dumb ball player. There's over and over instances of dumb, dumb base running. You can go on and on. I've, I'm as diehard a fan as you can get. Um, but the truth is, is that he's, he's a downer. <laughs> Larry, Larry downer hold on a second. I, I respect where you come from, Larry, but I want to ask you in response to that as a Sox fan, and, and, and I do understand the frustration level, believe me, but just a couple years ago, I, I want to know where you were with T.A. because at that point in time, we're not that far removed from Tim Anderson and the bat flip mentality being embraced and him being the guy changing the game and him being the face of the franchise that people generally liked and appreciated. There were limitations defensively. There always are going to be brain spasms for the, even the best of players. A couple years ago, were you in T.A.'s corner and now recently have maybe abandoned that? Well, it depends what you mean by recent. I mean, I mean, two years ago, sure. But this is a long haul. You know, let's remember last season. I know he got hurt at the end of the season, but he was trending downward. And, um, again, if you bring in the fact, if you're trying to say, you know, if we're going to just say, oh, he's got emotional issues, he, he, he feels unwanted, he feels he made mistakes in life, I'm sympathetic. But this is a business this guy is one of the worst shortstops in the major leagues. It's not untrue. Uh, Thanks, Larry. I appreciate the phone call. I, I, I don't disagree with his defensive limitations at shortstop. I, I do have a hard time personally getting past the memory or the image, which isn't that far ago, long ago, where – Tim Anderson for the World Baseball Classic and Team USA was a darn good second baseman. He was a dynamic player. He was a guy that made an impact. And he started the season looking like that guy. And then he ran into Hanser Alberto. And a funny thing happened on the way to his resurgence. He got banged up. That's not an excuse for Tim Anderson. I don't want to make excuses for Tim Anderson. He does have defensive limitations. Ozzie Guillen points him out on a regular basis, as he should, because he knows. But I just don't know if we're looking at this guy who turns 30 this week, I believe, and I, he's got no more good baseball than him. I think, I think if I'm Tim Anderson, I would welcome a change of scenery. I don't know that I would request or demand it. I don't think he's there yet. But I would, I would embrace that idea because – he still has a lot of good baseball in him, in my mind. Tim Anderson can be an asset to an organization, in my mind. I still think you don't lose the flair and the flamboyance and the joy that we saw at times. Maybe it was a couple years ago. It's been a while. But there was a time, really, let's face it, before Tony La Russa arrived. I'm not, I'm not blaming La Russa. I'm not doing that, people. So before the TLR, TLR uh uh, supporters, defenders come out of the woodwork. I am not blaming La Russa 
for this. But let's go to pre-La Russa. Tim Anderson and Ricky Renteria had a dynamic and a chemistry, and you were getting the best out of that player. Happy to play, obvious to see, productive at the plate, and maybe limited in the field, but that was who he was. He's a catalyst. I like T.A. I can't help that. Okay, I, Personally, I like him. I like the fact that he has his he, 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 a personality or a unique brand of baseball. I, I like I like him personally. I can't get past that. But I do think that you know it's come to the point where maybe a change of scenery would be good for both sides. Ron, our buddy on the south side. Good morning, Ron. Welcome inside the clubhouse. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Dave. David, I was calling this morning. I heard that when you mentioned Kenny Williams responding to the remarks that Tim Anderson made. Well, I have talked to Kenny Williams uh, and heard him on Black Talk Radio, which I call tonight, I've called the score. And he has expressed his displeasure, almost disgust. And he has said it that when he's attending, you know, the, the meeting, I guess the winter meetings, and he looks around and sees that he is the only African-American in the meeting. Now, why he hasn't said anything recently, but Kenny Williams, and, and again, I, I heard him talk about this matter um, extensively. So, uh, I just want to get in and say that um, that he has expressed it. Now, why he Ron, hasn't done it anymore? Mm-hmm. Ron, can I ask you a question? Because you are a, a regular uh, and loyal listener and, and contributor. Do you feel like Kenny Williams has an obligation in a situation like this to be more vocal and visible and to to make his presence felt in a conversation uh, that that basically Tim Anderson opened? when he went to on the podcast you know you he, he actually he absolutely has an obligation he is an executive with so uh tim anderson up to this point has been the face of the organization so when he comes out and makes that statement and talking about it's not a black man game and kenny williams is a black man absolutely he should come out and um, you talked about the numbers. We ought to look at the numbers. So it's not a be- it's, it's probably no better time. Um, so yeah, so that's a, yeah. He no, he definitely has a, 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 an obligation. So I just, but I did want to say he has expressed that, and 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 not just one time, on numerous times, and I have called him on that um, black radio station. So we'll we'll get back to talking about on the field Monday. But I did want to just um, add that because you had missed. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Yep, Ron's a loyal caller to the Bullion Haw Show. Great contributor and Sox fan. Good point on Kenny. It's just you want to talk baseball, but when Tim Anderson amplified what he feels and what he's going through personally in a way that I think was necessary, then, uh, yeah, we can, we can multitask. We can compartmentalize. Tim Anderson talking about his personal problems doesn't mean we can't still uh, look at the White Sox and wonder why in the world – Jake Berger wasn't the everyday third baseman from day one. Why in the world did you invest any sort of hope at all in Yohan Moncada because you knew he was just going to get hurt again, and he's on the IL again? So is Mike Clevenger, by the way. Those were the moves on Friday. What's going to happen next with the White Sox? 
How much belief do you have in Berger? All these kinds of things are very redundant, but the Sox are redundant. That's why they're 30 and 41, five and a half games back in the division in fourth place, which is where the Cubs find themselves too. The Marcus Stroman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Conversation, that's going to be ongoing. Will the Cubs or won't the Cubs? But you know what? If the Cubs stay relevant and in the mix, don't know how you trade them. Don't know how you can do that. You want to put yourself in the best position to get back to the postseason, to win the division in a division that's winnable. I understand what Stroman would bring in return at the same time. How do you trade a guy that's going to represent you at the All-Star game? And if the Cubs continue heading in this direction, and that's a big if, but it's a season full of them. It's a season full of big ifs. This is the big if season, right? If the Cubs can contend, then. If the White Sox can do this, then. I guess it's always like that, but it seems more so this year. That began, and at times, just a week ago, we were looking at the worst baseball season in Chicago trending since 2014. So, first time in almost nine years that it's been this bad on both sides of town. But the Cubs doing what they can to change the narrative. Certainly, Marcus Stroman took control of his this week, and that's created a little bit bit of controversy to counter the TA controversy. It's been a great week for Sports Talk Radio. Great week for conversations like that because Ron's right. There's a lot of things you want to focus on on the field, but there's enough going on off the field that keeps things very interesting indeed. And we'll keep that going. We'll keep it interesting with Mike Rankin from Future Sox. He'll tell you what prospects there might be in the farm system if there are any and what the answer is to the question like, where do the Sox go if they can't go to Lance Lynn anymore? That's a good one. We'll let Mike Rankin help us answer that next. It's inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. 
Big baseball family, 0-2, swung and a miss to the plate. He struck him out. Noah Schultz, five strikeouts in two innings of work here at Atrium Health Ballpark. He impresses mightily in his first two innings as a Canapolis Cannonballer. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. I'm David Haw, Bruce Levine off today talking White Sox, talking White Sox pitching and White Sox pitching options. That was a highlight from Noah Schultz, the 19-year-old White Sox minor league pitcher from his Canapolis debut on June 4th. Thank you to MILB.com for that highlight, which brings us to our next guest who joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mike Rankin is the managing editor of Future Sox, a longtime former score guy, all-around good baseball mind. Mike, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. How's it going this morning? David, thanks so much for having me. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you very much, Mike. So it's great to talk to you in general, but specifically about the White Sox because I know that you are following along, and it may be more encouraging or positive to follow the minor league system because at the major league level you know that Every time Lance Lynn goes out and he's gotten shelled and there's only one pitcher in, in Major League Baseball with a worse or higher ERA than, than the White Sox fifth starter, and he's the fifth starter only because he can't be the sixth. So the options are, what do they do for, if they can't go to Lance Lynn? Who's in the system? How would you describe what the system looks like in terms of pitching prospects, and how do, would you answer that question? It's a great question because you know I, I could answer it with a question when you – move on and decide to move on from Lance Lynn, what's next? Well, uh, it's tough when you try to identify it right now. Not saying that the White Sox don't have any talented pitchers that could uh, get up to the big league level and and produce. They're just a little bit of ways away. So if we're talking about it in the immediate sense, I like to phrase it in terms of the timeline in which a Major League uh, Baseball season is undergoing. So currently, we're pre-All-Star break, getting closer to the MLB draft. And that's important because there's another draft class here infusing more talent into the system, which allows a lot of these players to move up uh, to the next level in their affiliates. Well, unfortunately right now, the White Sox, in my opinion, have exhausted a number, if not all of their AAA options in terms of starters that would offer competitive outings and keep the White Sox in ball games. Cause right now the White Sox are still trying to compete five and a half back. I know it's 11 under, but five and a half back, and he's still got a handful of months left in the season. So right now in AAA, after the Clevenger injury, they did promote a double-A pitcher, Chase Selesky, who was a 19, 2019 draft pick of the Chicago White Sox. That's somebody who I believe may get an opportunity in a couple of months. But again, David, that's an example of a guy who's just not ready yet. Other than that, you have a Garrett DeVilla. That was a left-handed pitcher who spent time in the Royals system, pitched in double-A this year, made a handful of starts in triple-A. Now he's a left-handed pitcher that I think the White Sox may call upon if they need him, along with a guy like Nate Fisher. Again, these are players who could fill innings, but okay. you want you want guys that fill competitive innings, and I'm just not sure the White Sox are ready to go to them yet because, again, they've exhausted really every resource they could just to try and stay in this thing. I'd like to see you or hear you break down two guys specifically who one they're relying upon now and one they might in the future. Jesse Schulten's pitched last night. He's been back and forth. He's got a little bit of uh, a few miles on those tires, but in terms of what he's capable of, what do you think? And then the second person would be Sean Burke, 
Third-round draft pick in 2021, 23 years old, 6'6", 230. And according to the research by the, the fine uh, producer Sean Sears, he's the number five prospect per MLB pipeline in the Sox system. And in nine games, though, 761 ERA with 36 innings pitched. What do you think about Sean Burke and Jesse Schultons? Yeah, let's go to Schultons first. Uh, Schultons has a lot of experience as a, as a starter in general because, uh, and I apologize if you hear my dogs barking, it's a busy day outside, beautiful weather, by the way, here in Chicago. Uh, Jesse Schultons has spent a lot of time in other organizations, and he's always been a starting pitcher. So I think that's the first thing that's encouraging when you see somebody new. It's like, okay, he's got a long, uh, large innings base under his belt already that gives you confidence that he can get you through. And that's somebody who's a representative arm, and I, you know, we saw him yesterday as well. So I appreciate the White Sox identifying players like Jesse Schultons to like similar to Garrett Davila, a player that I mentioned earlier in the last answer. So that's a guy that's representative, and I appreciate his efforts. When it comes to Sean Burke, that's a player the White Sox identified as a future starter in their rotation mid to back end. And this year, like you mentioned, the numbers just don't suggest he's ready. And I mentioned timeline. you got to give him a little bit more of an opportunity to fail and overcome failure in AAA because a 1-7 whip is just not going to do it. And unfortunately, like we said, not a lot of experience in the White Sox organization to this point in Sean Burke, despite the fact that they believe highly in Sean Burke. And he'll get there at some point. Just right now, the command is not ready. Okay, Mike, so let's look a little bit deeper into the system because the story about the White Sox pitching prospects is much more to do with the future than the present because ready-made options just aren't there. Last year in the 2022 draft, they took Noah Schultz in the first round, the lefty that we heard coming in, 19 years old, who is at Kannapolis. Peyton Pallet is a second-rounder who is now a teammate of Noah Schultz's at Kannapolis. And Jonathan Cannon, who was a third-rounder, 22 years old, 6'6", 213, who was at Winston-Salem. Those three guys, a long way away from the majors, but is the future looking bright? What has their seasons been like? You know what? That's I, I love talking about this because I feel like, as somebody who really enjoys evaluating pitching, this is starting to become uh, one of the more optimistic sides of the Chicago White Sox farm system. Now, you see them ranked in the bottom 10. I feel like that's going to move up based on the performances of the three players that you mentioned specifically alongside others who are in single A, I should bring up Tyler Schweitzer as well, chirp, chirp, because these are players that the White Sox have identified in the draft, and I really do appreciate Mike Shirley's attitude in the way that he goes about selecting players. He's not afraid of risk, and that includes Noah Schultz and Peyton Paulette to that extent because he missed a whole year his draft season due to Tommy John surgery. White Sox were not afraid to go after that. And Jonathan Cannon is nothing but a strike thrower. So you look at Noah Schultz, he's made three outings. They're keeping him on a pitch limit because of a forearm strain that he suffered uh, early in spring training that kept him out for a while. He is absolutely filthy. You watch the stuff, fastball slider, two seam from Noah Schultz that he actually picked up recently and is completely under control in his mechanics. And you don't think... Uh, about a guy who's 6'9", coming straight downhill like that with such under control of mechanics as a 19-year-old. So that leaves us very optimistic at future Sox and the Sox fans. Uh, moving on to Jonathan Cannon specifically, he's already in advanced day. And he was drafted last year and pitches consistently every outing, throws strikes all the time, and that's what you love to see. So among them, and Peyton Paulette right now is pitching every start. 
So it's a guy coming off Tommy John surgery with a high ceiling. Evaluators believe that Pelé was a guy who could go in the first round had he been healthy. And the White Sox got him in the second. He's going out every fifth day right now. And they're monitoring. They're being safe in the way that they deploy these pitchers because, obviously, they're young, experiencing their first or second year of professional baseball. And I, I just – that's part of the system in which I believe the White Sox are doing a good job in developing young arms at this point. Talking with Mike Rankin, the managing editor of Future Sox, here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And we're finding a bright spot in the White Sox organization in a season that's been full of kind of bad or disappointing news at the major league level. Mike, I want to ask you about another guy at Birmingham. You mentioned the Barons at AA. Uh, Christian Mena is 20, and he is somebody that might have a high ceiling. Where is he now, and, and what are the expectations? In 12 games this year, I think 566 earned run average. Sometimes the numbers are deceiving. Is he, is he somebody on the radar, and how far away might he be? Great question, because uh, this is one of my favorites, if not my favorite pitcher in the system, the monitor. As a 20-year-old pitching in double-A, I think that says a lot. When, we, when you do look at the numbers, it's kind of jarring. It's not exactly what you want to see. An interesting point about double-A in the Southern League this year is that they're tacking up the baseballs, and evaluators are kind of questioning whether or not that is helping or hurting the pitchers out in Birmingham because, you know, extra tack, different tack versus it, it's a whole thing. But I just wanted to mention that because when you evaluate double-A pitching, kind of keep that in mind, and it's interesting. Related to Mena, over this offseason, the huge, the biggest question I would say is, can he get his fastball velocity up? Well, he added a bunch of weight. He looks stronger, and he's throwing his fastball two to three miles an hour faster on average. So that's awesome. A second point is when he had the success that he did last season, it came on his breaking pitch. He was getting guys out. 60 70 percent of the time on his breaking ball and when you you're when you're pitching in single a you can get away with that because your pitch is filthy but there has to be some complete repertoire behind that uh curveball to have success at the higher levels and i think that's part of the reason why we're seeing a lack of success than what we're used to in christian mano but as a 20 year old who did experience the level briefly in project birmingham and getting the aggressive assignment to double a this season I think it tells you all you need to know about how the White Sox feel about him. And I, I believe that Mena, Schultz, Paulette, Cannon are among the guys that you can project to become future starters in the rotation. Mike, because you understand the organization as well as you do at every level, let me ask you a big picture, picture question before we let you go. How does the lack of success or the struggles at the major league level at the back end of the rotation or even as we see the the bullpen without Liam Hendricks struggle at times how does anything that happens at the major league level this year for the White Sox affect if it does their draft strategy their philosophy and development and bringing guys up maybe before they're ready or sticking with them because you can't do that how does one relate to the other well I think this instance, uh, the 2023 version of the White Sox, the organization as a whole is separating the big league club and the minor league club because they recognize so many of their top 30 prospects are in the single A ranks and a handful are in double A. So when you talk about draft strategy, I think they're looking for players they identified as their type, you know, and they, they do need some power infused into their farm system. And there could be players that drop to them at 15 that would fill that role. But when it comes to identifying 
players that they can project to you know move up in the system, I think this year is really tough because they were hoping that their 40-man plus a handful could carry them throughout the year. Unfortunately, injuries, unforeseen failures of core players have resulted in what we're seeing now, and it's running thin. So I mentioned this before to you guys. I think the timelines are just not in sync right now. So once the White Sox become competitive again, we're hoping at Future Sox that the organization has representative top 30 talent in their higher level of minor leagues so they can compete um, instead of trying to get by with somebody like Lance Flynn, who unfortunately is having a terrible season, obviously. But without him, you're not putting out representative talent. uh, And I don't mean to bash those who are in the White Sox system, but that's just the reality of the situation right now. So it's, they're not in sync, David, and that's the problem. Okay. you got to give them probably one more year in the minor leagues to feel a little bit better about big league talent. 60 seconds, Mike. Jonathan Stevers, Jimmy Lambert, where are they in terms of their development? Because those are names that are familiar to Sox fans. Jonathan Stever was outrighted off the 40-man, and he's been in the IL, and he's only pitched four innings, I think, going back to last season. So that's cause for concern. And it's been quiet on the Jimmy Lambert front as well, David. So, like, those are two players that I know we've seen in the past and Lambert more so than the other. I'm concerned about Jonathan Stever. We haven't seen him in two years. Great stuff, Mike. Tremendous insight. I love all the information. Thanks for joining us. We'll come at you again later in the season. Happy to, David. Thanks so much. Mike Rankin, the managing editor of Future Sox, with a great overall view of where the Sox organization is in terms of pitching prospects and how much help may or may not be on the way. And speaking of pitching prospects, are you paying attention to the Baseball College World Series? Did you see what the Stanford kid did? Did you see what they let him do? We'll talk about it next. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. 2-2 again. Bouncing ball left side and Tommy Troy. Is a complete game from Quinn Matthews. Game three tomorrow for a trip to the College World Series. And oh, by the way, we'll play again tomorrow night. 16 strikeouts, 156 pitches from Quinn Matthews. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. ESPN, thank you for that highlight. Quinn Matthews pitching Stanford into the College World Series. They play today against Wake Forest. He's expected to be the starter. I don't know how long you can expect him to go. Can you believe they let him throw 156 pitches? Somebody who's expected to be drafted in the third to fifth round, projections say, maybe fourth to sixth, depending on who you talk to and what you read. Now maybe even lower than that. Who's going to take a kid who just threw 156 pitches? 103 strikes. And apparently, according to the coach, David Esquert from Stanford, no big deal. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here because, hey, at least 80 of those were change-ups, he said in defense. And... I don't know how you defend that. And and maybe we all get a little crazy with pitch counts and metrics and 
hey, did you hear, don't you remember, David, that 1974, Nolan Ryan threw 235. Yeah, it's not 1974. It's not 1994. It's not 2004. It's 2023. These kids have futures. I can't believe that Stanford, Stanford is the latest example of a win-at-all-costs, win-at-any-costs model of college sports. 156 pitches. The last time a pitcher threw more than 150 pitches was way back in in 1999, I believe. You have to go Major League Baseball equivalent. They're really – you go way, way back. This is not – this is not good for the game. This is not good for the prospect. This isn't a college coach putting his players first. It was his third appearance in 10 days. I understand you want to win. I understand the need to succeed. But you don't want to have stats come out like the last time a pitcher threw more than 150 pitches was 1999 when Pedro Estacio threw 153 in a win over the Brewers. That's Major League Baseball. That's, That's like MLB, though. Not NCAA. You've got a bigger obligation, not a smaller I just really was bothered by that. And I know that a lot of people in baseball were also, and maybe some some people weren't, but had to get that in because I knew that today I could get that in and it wouldn't have Bruce to argue back at me. <laughs> Although I miss Bruce arguing back at me, which brings us to our final point. Bruce Levine is off today, and our condolences go to Bruce and his family. Bruce's daughter, Molly, was 36 years old, and she passed away on Friday. And he has been dealing with this uh, quietly and privately for the last 14 months. Molly was a huge Cub fan. Friends with Ryan Sandberg and his wife and Sarah and Carrie Wood and just loved the Cubs. She was at the last Bulls championship, and the Cubs, when they won the pennant in the World Series in Cleveland, she was there, proud of her dad, Proud of her team. She attended Bradley. She was there when they went on their last Sweet 16 run. She was an event planner. Her passion was for theater and the musicals. Bruce says, a proud dad. She saw Rent 10 times. Beautiful spirit who loved all the people with no prejudices. That's from Bruce. Traveled all around the world with him and her mom. And she passed away at 36 on Friday. And Bruce is a big part of this station and the coverage of baseball. He's been a big part of this this city in terms of sports media for a very long time. And no parent should ever outlive their children. And our hearts go out to Bruce today. And it's been a difficult run for him. And let's just uh, hope for there's any small consolation that Molly's at peace and the family can find some comfort in that. So our condolences to Bruce Levine. We look forward to having him back whenever he's ready, talking baseball again, and having him tell me I'm wrong because I missed that today. <laughs> Enough texters did. It's a few callers tried. Sean Sears didn't dare. But it was a fun show. Miss Bruce, condolences to the family. We wish him well. Stay tuned right here. Mark Grody is next. Yeah, Grody, working a Saturday. Man, that guy does a little bit of everything. He is the scores version of Khaki Pants. 
versatile, valuable, and used for many different reasons and purposes. He's going to be next. I think his guests are Mark Potash, Tony Andraki from Marquee Sports Network until 1230. And then the Cubs back on the mound today is Justin Steele. They play the Orioles, get a chance to win another series. Looking forward to that. Keep it right here at the score. Thank you for listening to the Inside the Clubhouse. I'll be back Monday morning, 530, Mullen Haw. Bruce hopefully will be back when he's ready, and we will send it off to Mark Grody next. You've been listening to Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.